Today's episode of Hitting Dingers is brought to you by our friends at Parkway Poorhouse. If you're in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area and need a great spot to grab some delicious food with the family or want to grab a patio spot for happy hour and enjoy some appetizers and a cold adult beverage, well, look no further because Parkway Poorhouse is the perfect spot for either occasion. Visit parkwaypoorhouse.com to plan your visit today. Folks, welcome back in. We have Neil, Andy, and Corey ready to rock and roll discussing the breaking recent news of the Atlanta Braves announcing sweeping cuts to their baseball operations staff in response to a report of 95% revenue loss in the second quarter. 65 employees were told their contracts would expire at the end of the season, and guys will give their thoughts there, as well as other topics on recent roster moves, on-the-field play, rotational help being on the way, around the league as well, and they'll give their weekly Mad on Twitter award. But, folks, thank you so much for checking us out. Do us a favor. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Throw us a five-star rating, and make sure and share with your friends. In case you're new to us, make sure and check us out at chat10sports.com. As of this week, we are beginning our very first watch party with the Tennessee Titans on Sunday, and then following next week, we'll be kicking up our first Tennessee Volunteers watch party. So make sure and check out chat10sports.com slash event. If you're in the Chattanooga area and would like to join, we hope that you have a great rest of your week. And without further ado, we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of Hitting Dingers. I'm your host tonight, Corey Lester. Trace Wynn has the night off. I'm joined by my buddies, Neil Shalat and Andy Sims. Uh, it is September 17th, and we are dying because it is a Braves off game. Guys, how are you guys maintaining um, without the Braves tonight? Well, it's a Braves off day, which means I am less drunk than normal. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be one of those nights. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I actually get to go to bed at a solid time today, so I'm excited. Oh, gosh. I swear, Neil, you're like 47 years old. I know. Hey, hey, (laughs) hey, easy. Easy. (laughs) I didn't say 52, Andy. Chill. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's been an interesting week already. Um, let's start off with the latest breaking news. Um, you know, we had some kind of bad news this week. Um, certainly not good news, but uh, I guess somewhat uh, expected news. Um, you know, throughout the COVID crisis and everything, as we were shutting down, you know, clubs were. Uh, talking about, you know, who's going to pay the minor leaguers, who's going to pay their staff and all of the, you know, ballpark workers and, and stuff like that, operations staff. Well, this week, um, the Braves announced sweeping cuts to their baseball operations staff um, in response to, obviously, their plummeting revenue. Um, 65 employees in total were told that their contracts wouldn't would be allowed to expire at the end of the year. Um, this represents a, um, or it was shown in the release that there was a 95% revel- revenue loss in the second quarter. Um, at first they came out and just said it was, you know, a handful of scouts, but, um, then they issued this press release. It says the Atlanta Braves have completed a reorganization of full-time staff spread across all areas of the organization, including our baseball business, real estate development, which is the battery, and minor league operations. They said, we believe now is the right time to manage our business with greater efficiency, which has been accelerated due to the significant financial impact of COVID-19. 
We are grateful to those affected for their time spent with the Braves and believe, although it was a difficult decision, we are now optimized to manage through this period. Period. Uh, Andy, I'm going to start with you on that. Do you think that's too brash, insensitive, or what is that what's to be expected from a corporate entity such as Liberty Media? What are yeah, I mean, we really, just, we, we really just have to remember that this is a, a fully corporate environment. It's not a, you know, an owner or an ownership group. It's a publicly traded company that manages its press releases in a, in a way that's consistent with a publicly traded company. So this, this all is crafted to not only explain away why we had to do this. 95% revenue loss in quarter two. It's not going to get any better in Q3 with games being played, but nobody in the, in the house, no vending and no revenue whatsoever. So, and we don't, it's not like we get a whole lot of money from our TV contracts, right? That's been a, a big topic of conversation for a long time. So anybody that's surprised by this just isn't paying attention, I guess. Um, and it's not like the owners didn't tell us that this was going to be a problem. I mean, we've been talking about this since March. So to me, it, it's, it's something that, you know, just kind of saw the writing on the wall and I'm surprised it took them this long. And the best, the best part about this is that unlike a lot of clubs, we're going to pay our people through the end of the year. Many clubs are cutting their contracts off at the, at the end of the regular season. So October 1st, they're, they have no, no income and no job. And we're giving our employees through the end of the year. And I think that's, that's also consistent with a publicly traded company there. Yeah. And I think to what uh, my, my first reaction was, you know, knowing the, you know, the way the Braves are set up and knowing that, you know, this press release isn't necessarily supposed to be, you know, touchy feely or, you know, very heart, you know, driven or anything like that. I mean, obviously, you know, seemingly everything else we do is more family oriented. You know, we're really personal and close with our players. You know, we're, you know, it's very, very personal environment, you know, Southern team kind of thing. And I guess, some of us expected, or at least some of us on Twitter expected something a little more uh, heartfelt and, you know, sorry. Well, would they have, the would they have felt they better if they, would they have felt better if they had that, uh, that sad sound effect that we've got? Yeah, hang on one second. <laughs> the Atlanta Braves have completed a reorganization of full-time staff spread across all areas of the organization, blah, blah. I don't, I don't really know that that's going to soften the blow very much. Honestly. <laughs> that was epic. Yeah. No, and look, I don't, I don't want to be insensitive, but I mean, the reality is there's no money coming in. I mean, what, what did they expect? And what I thought was interesting is when, you know, the Braves announced it, it was like, you know, uh, I don't know if it was Jeff Schultz, I think maybe one of the, one of the, uh, writers and, uh, Bill Shanks or whatever. Who, I don't know if we can call him a writer, but, um, you know, they were all like, you know, this is terrible. You know, Shanks was saying how awful the, you know, the Braves used to be a reputable company who cared about people and like Shanks, come on, dude. Like they're not making any money. And, and like every other team in the league has already made huge cuts across the board. Yeah. Like, they, they just don't have to, they don't have to announce it because they're not publicly traded. So they don't, they don't have investors, so they don't have to, they don't have to explain away why the, the headcount went down where Liberty Media does. So, right. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I get it. And I know some, you know, some people on, on Twitter and stuff work for, 
you know, the agency and, or the organization. And I, I get that, you know, that sucks. Uh, um, and I never, it's never a good thing when anyone loses, anyone loses a job. But I mean, if you st- take a step back and realize where the economy is, how the pandemic has affected the U S economy and jobs. I mean, you know, if you're working right now, you're pretty, pretty, uh, you know, lucky to have a job. I know I feel, you know, lucky to, to be able to continue working. And, uh, that's just a reality, you know, it affects all of us and, uh, it's unfortunate, but um, yeah, my first reaction wasn't, you know, I wasn't stunned by it, but uh, Neil, what are your thoughts? Uh, it sucks. Um, you don't really think of it as like a, a major league baseball team making cuts like this, um, but at the same time, we're all going through something no one has really ever gone through in this pandemic. It's a harsh reality of this pandemic. I lost my job for a few months. Um, thankfully I have it back. So I feel for all these people that are losing their jobs at the end of the year. Uh, I just, I only hope that they can get a job again soon, pick their feet up. Um, it's, right. it really does suck. I'm not business minded at all, so I don't know how all this stuff works, but, um, just on a personal level, I, it sucks to lose your job, especially in a pandemic scary so i wish nothing but the best for the people that did lose their job in the organization yeah yeah and i see where you're coming from too and look i'm like i said i'm not you know this heartless person by any means but i mean if i'm a business owner i mean i think it was in a good decision that the braves you know a couple months ago they they decided they were going to extend salaries and everything through you know the end of august so i mean they they knew that they were getting paid through you know at least july or august or whatever it was so i mean that's pretty good faith when there's no money coming in yet you're still you know that overhead is still there so um but yeah i mean it's it's unfortunate but uh, again we'll we'll get through it and i imagine a lot of these you know and they were laid off they weren't fired so they'll still get unemployment they'll you know probably some of them or most of them will probably get rehired um, especially, you know, concessions workers and, you know, people like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's unfortunate, but uh, alas. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. The interesting line for me in this whole thing was the part where they talk about um, we're now optimized to manage through this period and, and how they're, they're talking about now's the right time to manage our business with greater efficiency. So it, that kind of has the ring to it of, hey, some of these are just across the board cuts. We had to get our, our – payroll in line moving forward. But part of it is like, hey, you know, if we're going to reorganize, let's be smart about this and make the layoffs a little bit more targeted in certain areas. So we may, we may not see those pro scouts come back. You know, there were we had nine pro scouts and now we're down to three. We may not see all of those back. We may only get one, maybe two back. Uh, that the pro scouting uh, is not necessarily going to be an on-the-road experience as it, as it has been in the past, that it's going to be more stat cast driven. And, uh, you know, and so now is the time to start looking at those particular areas and say, hey, are we spending our money in the best way here? And so it'll be interesting to see how McGurk and uh, Anthopolis navigate through this in the beginning of 2021 and see how they fill those positions in that payroll. Right. Well, that wasn't the only cut that the Braves made this week, Um, you know, with in operations, they made cuts, but we also made some team moves, a um, couple of roster moves this week. Uh, Robbie Erlin gone, uh, recently acquired pitcher for the Braves as uh, exiting his tenure as, as Braves pitcher. He leaves with a 8.49 ERA. Uh, oof. 
Is that uh, good? Over. <laughs> uh, I think he only had like 23 innings, uh, 22 earned runs. So uh, I'd say that's it's less than ideal. Um, yeah, that that news did not come early enough. <laughs> How long have you been holding on to that one? <laughs> Man, for, for like two weeks. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, let's see. So Erlen's gone. Tukey was optioned. Um, Bryce Wilson was optioned to Gwinnett, but we got Max Fried coming back. So that's that's good. He's he didn't he comes back tomorrow, so he he didn't miss a start, right? Uh, nope. And I think that was what they were saying last week is, you know, he needs a little, you know, a time, a couple days off, but he, he won't, uh, he won't have to miss a start. So that's good for us going into, into uh, the season or the series with, I believe the Mets, we play the Mets tomorrow. Yes. Um, and I read that we're not going to have to face DeGrom. It sounded like DeGrom was pulled, uh, pulled early actually after like two or three innings. Um which is kind of stunning. I think they said that was the first time DeGrom had been pulled less than four innings since like 2016 or something. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's a shame. DeGrom is literally the one pitcher in our division that I enjoy watching, knowing that we're probably going to look terrible for the six, seven innings that he's in the game, uh, yeah. just because he's just so dominant and just so awesome. And he should be pitching complete games every game he pitches. Yeah, agreed. And and he he really is like he's he's just a freak of nature. Um, that's one of those guys. It's like man, you hate to. It's kind of like Mike Trout. You hate to see him have to sit on fourth place teams and, and uh, you know. But whatever. That's that's how baseball goes. But uh, I would love to see a Degrom type caliber pitcher on this Braves team. Um, and who's to say we don't have a young gun that will be that for us in years to come? But certainly one of the one of the best pitchers in the league in the game uh we also had a signing this week um right at the deadline for the postseason roster eligibility we picked up uh Br- our giants legend uh pablo panda sandoval um and if i can remember correctly he's he was more so a first baseman or a third baseman uh first baseman first baseman yeah. but he also played third and dh i think yep some uh or it was a bench bat i guess for the giants they didn't have dh until this year but uh yeah I, i've seen him play a couple of times i mean obviously it's a depth move and um he's eligible for the postseason roster i assume he, it's just kind of insurance in case there's a, a late uh a late injury or you know just having an extra bench bat there is he a lefty i think he's a lefty i don't know uh but <laughs> That was an interesting move for for the Braves, a, a name that uh, hadn't heard in a while. But uh, I believe he was he was released last week from the Giants, and uh, we picked him up right at the deadline there. But, yeah, the, uh, the interesting thing about that is, you know, he had to be on the roster by the fifteenth, so we scooped scooped him up and put him in our organization on the fourteenth. But he hasn't been added to the forty man roster, which means the only way he can be eligible for the postseason is if he's replacing an injured player and it's approved by the league. Now, usually yeah. they don't deny those requests, but, I mean, honestly, who who do we want to lose offensively from our our uh, 28-man roster uh, right. and replace with, with the great Panda? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, I'm with you. Ciarte, I guess, maybe? <laughs> That's an upgrade, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Worse came to worse, you could shift around the outfield and put 
Panda at third and have Riley being outfield. I don't know. But, you know, to your point, if, if Sandoval's on the lineup, then it's probably we're probably not in a good position as far as injuries go. No. So, you know, he can pitch. That's true. It's He's true. the he new Colin Culberson. I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be better in the playoffs. Speaking of Charlie Culberson, you know, this is the, the thing I love about when when we have roster moves, you know, just the random questions. So I was just peeking in on Dave O'Brien's, uh, you know, Ask Dave segment on the, in The Athletic today. And it's just amazing. You know, here we are in a 60-game season. We're, what, we're nine games away from the postseason or whatever. And you've got a guy on there saying, so with Charlie Culberson being, uh, being optioned or, or released or whatever, Who's our emergency catcher now? <laughs> you know, it's like, my God, dude, we're, we're, we've got like nine pitchers on the IL and you're worried about an emergency catcher. We haven't used an emergency catcher in probably five years. But, you know, that's, that's a really important question to be asking now. Let's, let's bother Dave <laughs> O'Brien with that one. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Emergency catcher. Love, love those emergency catcher and infield fly rule questions. Well, right? what's funny is I, I remember uh, Charlie mentioning something in a previous interview last year about how he, he, you know, being a utility guy, he he carries around, you know, his catcher stuff. He carries around a first base glove. He's got an infield glove and outfield glove. He's just, you know, he's always prepared whatever he needs to do. Uh, but I thought it was it, it was interesting that he actually does have catcher gear and actually does have a first base mitt. But uh, yeah, he's he was definitely oh, a versatile man. player. But uh, nonetheless, can you imagine he, how he bad things have got to get when Charlie Culberson is strapping on the leg plates? Oh, <laughs> I God. would turn off the game so fast. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be like, you know, hey, can we get a rain delay or you know just you know can, can someone <laughs> yeah. run out there and turn on the sprinklers or something? Let's let's just call yeah. this game. We're done. <laughs> oh man! So uh, moving on to you know, let's talk about our offense the, the past week. You know. Aside from the Orioles, um, let's you know we were talking about how you know the, how dynamic some of our players have been. Azuna has really turned it on. Duvall has kind of surprised all of us at how dynamic he's been. I mean, what do you what are your guys' takes on the state of the offense? I mean, obviously the last few days have been rough, but overall, I mean, we've got the top three OPSs in the National League right now with Freddie Freeman, Adam Duvall, and Marcelo Zuna. I mean, that's incredible. I thought Freddie Freeman died. Did he not die? Because <laughs> he, I mean, they sure aren't wanting to talk about him very much, are they? He must have. I mean, I, I can't believe that uh, they're talking about anyone other than the person who's leading in what batting average, uh, tied for uh, 2.9 WAR with Fernando Tatis. I mean, he's he's leading in a ton of categories. Yet, you know, we've MLB seems to struggle with uttering any kind of Braves player's name. And that one, you got Mookie Betts sitting out there, I guess, huh? All right. And Mookie's like fourth on fifth, sixth on some of those lists. But I'm all about this MVP campaign, MV free, as they're yeah. calling it. I'm all aboard it. Um, there's no better time to get hot than toward the end of the year leading into the playoffs. Um, I'm excited for what I'm seeing. Duvall has been just ridiculous. Um, it's crazy, man. His last, I mean, what, 15 home runs this month? Something like that? Something dumb? Yeah. That's um, so it's exciting. It's good that they're picking it up right now. Acuna, and this is all with Acuna struggling like pretty badly. Uh, so I'm excited. 
I'm, I'm also cautious because this is the Braves that we're talking about, and I'm used <laughs> to being like that. On it, so, yeah. Well, fast forwarding to last night, you know, like I said, the Braves are definitely in, you know, quote unquote postseason form. Uh, but, you know, last week we had a game, you know, a signature game against the Marlins. We set a record for the most runs in a National League game of 29 runs against the Marlins. I mean, that was that was quite the show they put on there against the Marlins. It was nonstop. I loved it. I didn't go to bed until like midnight, and I know I keep talking about going to bed, but I like my sleep. But, um, man, it was incredible. It really was. I've never seen anything like that. I remember slightly the 30-3 to game that the Rangers did the Rangers piled on for against the Orioles, but yeah, man, that 29 run game. I mean, obviously it's a little more special because it is the Braves, but um, it was just awesome to see when Duvall imagine? hit that grand slam. I lost my mind. Yeah. I mean, like it's already, what was it? It was already, well, I guess it was 20, you know, 24 runs or whatever, 25 runs. But uh, I mean, can you imagine being at that game? Like we would have uh, been, we would have been hammered at the battery. <laughs> I would have lost my mind. I really would. I so when Acuna hit the grand slam in the playoffs a couple of years back, yeah, I freaked out. I got on video and all that stuff. But what wasn't shown was there was a cloud of beer that flew into the air, and I mean I was drenched all night in beer, and it was just totally worth it. I expected that to have happened if I was at the game. The twenty nine. Andy's probably had a couple of nights like that, haven't you, Andy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's a regular Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, what I want to know is what did that Yamamoto kid do to deserve what, what he did, what oh he got? Gosh. I mean, why would you leave that poor kid in there that long? That was just, it's like, hey, man, take one for the team. Right. No, seriously. Go on back out there. <laughs> It was just poor kid. His his ERA ballooned to eighteen point seven eight or something like that. I looked sure, at that. I mean, that's a, that's almost good enough to be one of our starting pitchers. <laughs> a la Tuki. Ugh. Ugh. Man, I'm so, really disappointed. Way to bring us down, Neil. I was. Man, we were on a high note. You had to just do it. Gotta jump in there with the Tuki. It was like. Like two starts ago, he was he was dealing for like two three innings and then gave up a couple solo shots and I'm like, you know what? Maybe this kid really does have some stuff, but I think you know he's just gonna have to I don't know find another team that better suits him or or just I don't know I don't know what he needs, but I don't it's just not working out. I think he's had plenty of chances, kind of like Sean. It's a, it's I mean. amazing how Braves fans and Brian Snicker apparently just develop. Severe amnesia when a pitcher comes in and just throws two good innings of baseball, right? They just they forget about anything else that ever happened in their career. Oh, he threw two two innings of great baseball, so uh, he's gonna be fine, right? And then a week later, the guy's got an eighteen ERA, and you're like, how'd that happen? Like they didn't know. <laughs> yeah, something's got to give with his control issues. Um, I see flashes of the brilliance with the changeup and his curveball, but. Everything else is just like, what What are you throwing? It's like me throwing up there, honestly. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it seems like, though, he'll be good for, like, two at-bats. Like, he'll just be dominant for 10 or 12 pitches, and then it's just like he gives up one run. And, you know, you look at a guy like that, and you think, well, maybe it's just a mental thing for him. Like, maybe yeah. it's a confidence factor. Um, yeah, or so. you look at that and say, hey, maybe he only can go as two or three hitters. Maybe he's not a starter. 
know? Yep. I mean, look, you know, look at these guys that leave us and go on. Lucas Sims, right? We tried our best, man. We gave him every shot we could possibly give him to be a starter. And he goes over to Cincinnati. Now he's a good one. Well, I hadn't checked in on him in a while. He may suck now. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, may, maybe these guys just aren't starters. You know, maybe maybe Tukey just needs to be a reliever. And he could turn into one hell of a closer with the kind of stuff he has. So I'm not opposed to that idea at all, especially with him. I feel like he pitches better from the stretch than he does from the windup. Um, but that's just me. I could be wrong. Um, but I would much rather try to put him in the bullpen like we did with Sean Newcomb a couple years ago and see how he fits in that role. I just wonder if sometimes we don't, and by we I mean our front office doesn't look at our players from a value standpoint on a sheet and say, Tukey is more valuable in as a trade commodity if he's a starter. If we put him in the bullpen, we lose all ability to trade him for any kind of value, so we just have to live with him as a reliever if we put him there. So let's just not do that. So they ruin the development of a kid who probably needs to be a reliever because they're afraid of what kind of value they may take. And I think, you know, I think you're onto something there. I think we look at guys like Tukey and we think all we have to do is stretch him out. And to your point, maybe he's just not a starter. Uh, but we, we, you know, have a lot of experiments and we, we waste a lot of starts and lose a lot of winnable games just because we, you know, we didn't pull the guy after he, after he started getting hit a lot, um, you know, because we need to stretch him out. We, we, he has to be a starter because that's our need right now, you know, and that's just not the way to approach it. Um, so I think that there's certainly some, some opportunity to kind of change course there, whether it be, you know, AA, I don't know who's calling those, making those decisions, if it's Kranitz or Snit, but, um, you know, or a, just a conglomeration of the three. But, I mean, there have been some questionable decisions. But, um, you know, certainly like, you know, for example, Kyle Wright, um, I mean, he's a guy that they sent back down. He came back up and had a pretty decent start. Um, I see a lot more. You know, I, and I hope that he's not a trade candidate at the deadline next next year because I think he really can develop well. He's his velocity's up. There's a lot of uh, you know good movement. He's he seems to be hitting his spots a little bit better. But um, you know, I think we just have to be careful and and be a little more smart about you know like you were saying what what's their role and what what can they really be. Let's not look at what we need them to be, but what what you know what role fits what they what they can now again and back to Nukem you know he's a guy that at the end of last year we're like you know we're really going to need Nuke to stretch out well clearly you know Nuke doesn't need to stretch out he needs to be a middle relief guy um you know I'm surprised that we haven't given him more of a chance in that role it seems like we just started him and decided he wasn't going to be a starter so we just sent him down but I think he's he can still add value to the team but yeah just one of those pitching things that I'm, I kind of scratch my head on. Well, the, the thing I scratch my head on is, you know, there are 30 teams in the league, right? So there's 30 managers out there, 30 big league managers. How many of those 30 managers do you think would, would not, not just once, but on multiple occasions, allow a starting pitcher to give up seven or eight runs in less than three full innings? Yeah. Well, how, how does that happen? How do we let a guy give up 
four runs and then load the bases and then pull him out and put Luke Jackson in. Like, we don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah, especially with the expanded roster. You have enough arms out there. And if you have injury problems, then you need to replace them as quickly as possible before the postseason starts. Um, no, I completely agree, Andy. What does it say as as a player? Like if you're if you're Tuki or if you're Colorado or whoever, and and your manager just keeps you in there, knowing good and well that you've you know dug yourself a hole. Like I'm not sure that it speaks well. I don't think it. If I was the pitcher, I'm like, come on, dude. Like, what are you guys doing? You're you're killing me. Yeah, uh, they may I don't know. like phrase it as a vote of confidence, but it's not. It's literally to save bullpen arms and right. let you try. Uh, right. I mean, Don Mattingly did it with Yamamoto. Uh, yeah. I can hear I can hear Kranis now. He walks out to the mound and says, "Well, you know, we we want to give you a chance to get out of this inning, knowing full well that before he went out there, Snit said, say whatever you want to say. That kid is not coming out until he gives me three full innings, and then we can put him on a bus and get him the hell out of here.' Oh, that's such bullshit, though. Like it, it is bullshit because you have. These kids are so easily impressionable, and they're trying their best, obviously. It's just that's such a mental block that would develop, at least for me. Tuki Toussaint's lasting memory of being a major league pitcher, if he never gets another chance, was that outing where he gave up eight runs. That sucks. (laughs) God. Can you imagine? You know, you're working at Home Depot or whatever because you've washed out of the major leagues and – People say, "Hey, weren't you weren't you in the major leagues? Weren't you a starting pitcher?" Yeah, you know, uh, just look at my baseball reference page and check out my my game yeah. stats. Right. You know, my eight point eight ERA for twenty twenty. <laughs> I mean, that's that's tough, man. I mean, he got he had some pretty decent strikeouts. You know, like I said, there were some bright spots, and it made us think, you know, maybe Tukey. But I think the the point is, you know, Tukey needs to be a dynamite reliever. Uh, but he also has to be, you know, and 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 I don't know what the expect. I don't know if it's a fair expectation, but you, as a middle reliever, like you don't need to come in and like our some of our guys will come in like a Josh Tomlin or a Sean Newcomb, and they need an inning or like even like a Julio Tehran. Like for some reason, we've got so many of these pitchers that need an inning or two. Like they'll have a leadoff walk or two, or they'll you know they'll give up a couple couple soft contact hits. But like we don't have many pitchers and haven't had in a while that when they come in, they're just dominant. Like they're on, you know, and I think that's frustrating for Braves fans because you, you want to have confidence in a guy you want to see, you know, someone go in there with some confidence, but I mean, we just really don't have that, you know, type of person. And, you know, the search continues there. Luckily we have some really good late inning arms that, you know, can come and shut down an inning. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Heart kind of broken over over Tukey. Um, what do you guys think about Cole Hamill's outing last night? I didn't get an opportunity to see it, but uh, looking at his line, I mean, you don't expect much from from a guy that's been off all year and you know come in with a, you know, Snit said he was only going to get forty to fifty pitches or whatever, and that's what he got last night. Um, wasn't too bad. No, the first couple of innings were really really good. Something I guess he just hit some fatigue in the third inning. And things kind of unraveled from there, but overall, I liked it. He's definitely gonna—I mean, he's gonna continue to get starts. That's what we're paying him to do. Um, my thing is, I want to see if the tricep flared up again. Uh, that's such an important muscle to use when you're pitching. So we'll see how he's feeling. I would rather see, like want to know if he's feeling good rather than 
his mental confidence. His, you know, his confidence is going to be there because he's been in the league for 16 years. Um, that's my main point of concern. How you? How are you feeling? How's your tricep? How's your elbow? You feeling all right? Yeah. I mean, unless he has a serious injury or something like that, I would say they're pretty much just going to say, you know, you, you play with what you've got. Like, you've already been out all year. Like, it's time to put up or shut up. Um, you know, I forget what we what we signed him for. Was it like a one-year $18 million? Yep. So, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy who's battle-tested. He's got plenty of postseason uh, experience, you know. But uh, with the with the Cubs, they went and I think he who he was on the World Series team, right? In 2016. Uh, I want to say he was. Look it up, but still. Um, yeah, World Series MVP. Da, da, da. He, uh, was not. he was on Texas at that time. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Four-time All-Star, World Series MVP in 2008. Like he's he's definitely got some experience there. God, I didn't know his career numbers were this good. Oh yeah, Phillies. My wife's gonna kill me for not for not knowing that for saying the Cubs. <laughs> he was he was only for the with with the Cubs for a year, but yeah, uh, that's right. He was with the Phillies team yeah. in 2008. That makes sense. But uh. Yeah, it's good to have him. And, you know, I think the the real win here is, you know, he's been mentoring some of our young pitchers. Um, I don't think that's talked about enough. Um, But, you know, a guy that comes in and he's, you know, saying, I'm willing to sit down with these these young guns and, you know, I just want to help how I can. But it feels good to have, you know, some experience out there. Um, So I think I need to see one more start from him before I feel comfortable him even going on the, uh, on the rotation for the postseason, but I guess we really don't have a lot of options either at this point. That's true. You kind of have to roll with what you got, or you know, I mean, we know Ian Anderson and Max Reed are good to go. I'm still, I mean, who's your third guy? The first round's a three-game series, right? So who's your guys's pick for the third guy? Does it have to be Hamels in your opinion, or do you trust like a Kyle Wright at this point? It would have to be Hamels in my opinion, just because. He knows what the playoffs are like. Yeah, it's a different format, but he knows what playoff baseball is like. Kyle Wright, he's had flashes of brilliance with, what, one good start? Um, yeah. So you have to go Kyle Wright over anyone else, or rather Cole Hamels over anyone else. Yeah. What do you think, um, Andy? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in Ian Anderson yet. I mean, much less Kyle Wright, who's only had one average start. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Hamels, you know, maybe you don't get, send him out there first, maybe go with free because he's, he's been our best pitcher to date, but right. I think you got to go Hamels too and bump Anderson back to the possible game three. How awful would it be for us to put, you know, all of that confidence on Anderson and him like get blown out because, you know, pitching your first postseason game is just so overwhelming. Fans are but can fans. you yeah? Can you imagine if he was our number two pitcher and God forbid Freed lose the first one? Right. Yeah. That would be terrible. Oh God, I I've so, not I mean, even I thought you, about that I think you have to set Hamels up just in case that happens, just so you have somebody with a veteran head on his shoulders to take that start. So I mean, I would right. expect it to be be Freed, then Hamels, then Anderson, and then 
you know, there's enough time between that three game series if we do make it out of that to where you can go with Freed in your in your first game of that five game series. Right. As it stands so. now, if the, if the playoffs started today, we would play the Reds. It was the Cardinals. Now it's the Reds. Um, you know, the Reds have Joey Votto. You know, they've got Aquino. They've got Castellanos. Um, or actually, Castellanos may be out. They've got a couple of offensive bats that on a, on the good night, you know, they can put up some runs. Um, they are almost, to me, almost equal with what the cards were last year. You know, they, they weren't necessarily consistent in, and hot throughout the season, but, you know, they've got some hitters and, you know, with some experience, you know, um, I, I could see, you know, some of these, whether it's the Cardinals or whether it's the Reds, that's, those are both teams that could turn it on in a postseason, especially in a three game series. So yeah, we've um, proven we can lose to anybody in a three game series, even the Baltimore Orioles. Right. So. <laughs> I was looking at that matchup today with the Reds and I'm just thinking to myself, they can put out Bauer Castillo and Sonny Gray in that three game set and be probably favored. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. It's if their lineup is willing, um, going to put up the runs and Oh, the Braves better look out. Right. Yeah, that's tough pitching, man. I'm I'm praying right. it's not the Reds because you're right. I mean, Luis Castillo is probably one of the most underrated pitchers in in the National League, in my opinion. Um, you know, and Trevor Bauer is is a workhorse. He can go deep. He'll probably pitch a complete game, you know, against Shib. But uh, Sonny Gray's got some stuff that would probably have have us whiffing left and right. Um, that's a dangerous rotation. Um, I would I would not prefer to to see them in in the first wild card round. Well, who would you want to see? If if it was one of those situations where we got to pick who we got to play, who would you want? To uh, play? Probably the Cardinals. Only yeah, because of their their rotation. Um, you know, I feel like we could in a, only in a three game series. I feel like we could we could do it. But again, I mean, it's like you know the lack of confidence we have in a rotation. I mean, the offense is great, but you know we can't score twenty nine runs every single night. So, Am I, I dumb for thinking that it would be great if we could play the Giants? I was just thinking <laughs> that. That would be great. I was just thinking that. Do a, kind of like a tank situation here at the, toward the end once we clinch <laughs> all that stuff and be like, okay, let's set it up to play the Giants. And then knowing our luck, it's just going to be a shit show for the Braves Bats or something. And like knowing that. us, we get the Marlins and Sixto Sanchez. and, and, uh, and He's been impressive. He's been impressive. He's going to be yeah. really, really good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he'll get traded away in a year or two, like JT Real Muto and Yelich <laughs> and all, all those guys. I mean, everybody wants him to be the new Jose Fernandez, but I, I'm just telling you, looking at that kid, you know, he's the new DeGrom. <laughs> he's yeah. that good. Yeah. He's that good. I hope he yeah. stays healthy. Hey, I hope he gets hard. traded to the Angels. We've got 10 games left. I'm just looking at the schedule. Like, it's three games with the Mets, four with Miami, and three with Boston. Um, I mean, I, 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 feel comfortable, I feel comfortable we could do, you know, two out of three with the Mets and at least, you know, three out of the four with Miami. And if we get hot, I mean, if, if our offense is good and our pitching is good, you can sweep the Red Sox. But uh, – you know, say we, we win six or seven out of the next ten, um, you know, that has us clinching, I guess, on 
probably next Thursday, maybe yep. somewhere around next Thursday or Friday. Um, so, I mean, you know, a lot can be said about the Marlins. You know, early on they were dominant. Um, I'm kind of shocked that the Phillies have been plummeting how they have, you know, one of their biggest things was their relief core, but they've gotten a lot better. Um, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, we really don't need to sleep on the Phillies, but they've seemed to have, uh, have fallen back down into, you know, their natural habitat in, in third, yeah, fourth place. Injuries have kind of crept up and got them. I mean, you know, you get Wheeler hurting himself, putting his pants on. I mean, come on. His nail looked gross. <laughs> that was Did awful. It? Is there a picture? Yeah, I posted it yesterday. It looks nasty. Look it up. Sorry. But I think he got. Didn't Hoskins get down with a with a UCL injury? Yeah. Yeah. Did he really? Yeah. Oh. He yeah. may have Tommy John. That's not good. Yeah, it sucks for them. Reese has had a good year. Yeah. So the way it stands now, we're three games up on Miami, with ten to play. Yeah, Phillies are four games out. The Miami Marlins are going to be in the postseason. Like that's that's, that's crazy to me. What's crazier, the Marlins being in, being you know the number two seed in the East, or the fact that the defending national champions are literally nine and a half games back in dead last? <laughs> oh, I which is crazier? What I'm happier about. For me, for me, that's crazier. I oh mean, my god, his finger looks ridiculous. <laughs> Isn't that gross? <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> It's it's awful, man. It's like, yeah, just go ahead and rip that nail off and 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 hit the showers and come back next year. Well, they said he they 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 were worried that he would have to get it ripped off and it would possibly keep him out like all season. That would keep you out for sure. Yeah, and pitchers are crazy about their nails too. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next topic. So. You know, we talked about the offense, uh, talked about Cole. We talked about uh, Kyle Wright. Um, let's talk about Freddie Freeman. Like, there's a legit chance that he's going to give Tatis a run for his money um, if he continues. I, I think, have uh, never been more excited for, an, like, an MVP campaign like I have uh, with Freddie Freeman. It's exciting. I think uh, I think there's a legit chance that he's he should you know after, we'll see how the next few days play out. But if he stays hot, like I don't see how they ignore that, and especially if we make a good postseason run, um, he stays hot. I mean, I just I don't see how you couldn't. Yeah, I mean, even Dale Murphy won an MVP, and and nobody gives that guy any credit. So I mean, surely, goodness, if Freddie can just keep it up for the next ten games, surely somebody gives him a, a legit shot at this thing. Freeman yeah. ranked first in the National League in batting average, on-base percentage, runs batted in doubles, OPS plus, and total bases. He's second in OPS, slugging percentage, and hits, while third in runs scored. He's got t- he's tied for 12th in uh, home runs. That's ridiculous. And he wasn't yeah, he's even – all, all those F-war numbers and, and B-war numbers as a first baseman, which they get no help at all from the defensive side. No. I mean, that's – that's incredible. I mean, if he would have, you know, four or five more home runs, I mean, it would be no, I mean, there's no question. But, 
Yeah, that's that's amazing. What a year for him too, man. I mean, to battle COVID and then come back and just go off like he has. Uh, man, I, I love Freddie Freeman. You have to think that there's no way that the Braves walk away from his contract. Like he's gonna get a lifetime contract and retire as a Brave. Yeah, it's it's all but written in stone now. Yeah, and they've got a a year, I believe. Um, I mean, for a guy like that, you know, Mike Trout had two or three years left on his before the, you know, when the Angels extended him. But when you have a season like this, it's kind of like a pat on the back to the guy to, to go ahead and re-up early. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, be surprised to see that and see Dansby get signed in the uh, in the off, re-signed in the off season. Well, how would you think. how would you feel going into spring training next year if they were doing an interview with Alex Anthopoulos and they were like, "Hey, hey, what? Why is this just another year where we didn't spend big on the free agent market and pitching?" And his excuse was, "Well, we wanted to extend Freddie Freeman." Yeah, because you know yeah. that's what's going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah, and maybe they're putting too much weight on you know the young pitchers coming up. I think we're going to see a lot of these new guys that won't get a shot this year i think we'll see them um a lot a lot sooner next year um there's if and if we don't there's really no no you know excuse or argument to stand on like it's it's time to see kyle muller and tucker davidson in my opinion Uh, we really want to figure out what their role is i mean i think kyle muller can can be a a dominant you know shutdown kind of pitcher i mean he's touching one 100 101 um you know a guy like that is is somebody I don't want to uh, hide in the on the on the uh, you know alternative side or whatever for very long. It's, it's going to be an interesting off season because if you look at the free agent pitchers, Alex Anthopoulos is looking at that list like he's a kid making his Christmas list because it's yeah. nothing but a bunch of guys who used to be good had kind of odd years this year and the in last year and are in their low to mid thirties. It's like there's literally like about eight or nine of those guys just sitting there, and he's going to have a hard time picking which two he's going to get. Yeah, I guess part of it depends on what kind of hometown discount Freddie Freeman, you know, accepts. Not that he will or has to. Um, you know, he deserves everything he gets. You know, whether it's you know 120 million over eight years or 250 million over 10 years. I don't. I don't know. Um, but how, if you go big on him and go pretty high on Dansby, how much room then is left in your budget for, you know, some of these one year deal, what I call a one year overpay, um, as good as Azuna has been, I still think he was a little expensive, but it's hard to say that at this point, cause he's been so, you know, dynamic for us. Um, we're not in the position we are without, you know, Adam Duvall and, and Ozuna, but, I still think the at, at at least at the beginning the price was a little high for him. I think we're paying a little bit much for uh, I believe it was Chris Martin, um, but you know we went out and we spent money last deadline. Um, so I don't I don't know what the what the budget's going to look like next year, but I think that's why we haven't really made those decisions to extend yet, is because you know let's figure out what the starting pitcher market's going to look like and. I think you'll see them spend a little money, but, you know, again, I don't, I don't know how much. I don't know who the targets would be. I mean, Trevor Bauer is, is going to be on the list. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of pitchers that are going to be up. Um, do you guys have anybody in mind? Uh, Stroman, 
for me, I think he has the capability of being uh, not really getting back to his Toronto form, but he'll he's an innings eater. I think he'll do well in Atlanta. He'll like the city. He'll like the culture of the team. Um, I think it is going to be a one-year overpay for him, but it'll be the same for, I think, Bauer, who looks for one-year deals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're going you're gonna to be – you're gonna be shocked at the price tag on Bauer. It's gonna yeah. hurt. Yeah, yeah. But you've also got you know, Taiwan Walker. I think is a free agent next year. He's gonna be kind of interesting to see who is willing to push their chips to the middle of the table on that guy, knowing he really hasn't been great, but has been good lately. That's not that's not the kind of buy that we normally do. We normally do the has been great, hasn't been good lately, and he's the opposite. So I. There's going to be some people saying, well, we need to look at Walker, but I, I think he's exactly the opposite of what Anthopolis is looking for. Uh, you might might see him give Miner a shot, you know, or uh, I, I think I saw Robbie Ray maybe out there. You know, the, these are the kind of guys that I think, you know, you're going to have two veterans on one-year deals for, you know, 12 to $15 million a, a pop that are, you're going to be shaking your head at like, really? Yeah, that's where that's- we're going? That's that's how I felt with Dallas Keuchel. I mean, keep in mind we we gave him his large deal, but I mean he literally played from the deadline on. It wasn't even a full season. Um, One know, guy to keep an eye on would be Corey Kluber. I think he's got like an eighteen or nineteen million dollar option on him next year that may or may not get picked up. So yeah, with the he yeah, um, he's old and he's just he's falling apart. That sounds oh, you, like our guy. You know who else is a free agent in 21 is Mark Melanson. You think that's a guy that the Braves have to bring back? No. <sighs> no. I mean, You know, it's, it's crazy. He has been so good for us, but every time he comes into a game, I'm like, this will be the game that he, he just blows it. I mean, yeah. A.J. Minter and, is back to his regular form. I, I don't see what Melanson, you know, I mean – Maybe you you resign him for a smaller amount and deal him at the at the deadline for somebody that needs one. But I mean, AJ Minter can fill that role in my opinion with plenty of confidence. Plus, we got Will the Smith in a few years. Yeah, yeah, Will Smith. We got another year of him. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. he figures it out. You know, the the crazy thing about Melanson is that you know you've got Shane Green who, to the eye test, seems like the much better closing candidate. Right, he just he just seems more suited for it. But if you were to put Green in that role, we probably wouldn't pick up an extra save, maybe maybe one, right? But I feel like I would be more confident at the end of games with Green there rather than Melanson, I, and for for literally no reason because he's only blown one save. Yeah, yeah, he's solid for sure. What do you think about um, third base? You know, we were. We got really hyped on Riley, and I felt like he really, you know, he won the battle between him and Camargo outright, but he's kind of gone through a stretch like a couple of other guys. Um, you know, Dansby was really hot. He was really, you know, uh, Riley was really hot. Now they've kind of softened a little bit. I mean, do you feel confident, you know, re-signing Dansby? Do you feel confident with Austin Riley as our long-term guy, or do you think maybe the Braves take a look at, like, a Justin Turner um, at third base? He's another free agent next year Marcus Simeon shortstop you know he's he's definitely one and I'm sure we'll see you know Cleveland uh you know test the waters on a Frankie Lindor trade um do you think that we've found our you know 
permanent third base or permanent shortstop for the next few years. I think you have with Dansby. Um, fan favorite. He He's finally coming into his own. It took him a while. Um, Riley, I don't know. With the DH looming, I think he could fill that role pretty well. Um, obviously, I would try to trade for Frankie Lindor if that's a possibility. But um, in terms of third base, I say we give it another year with Riley. Dansby, I think he's going to get extended sometime soon anyway. Uh, that way we have that core group, especially up the middle. It's so important to have those guys over there. Ozzy and Dansby remind me of Ian Kinsler and Elvis Andrews from the early 2010s, mm-hmm. Texas Rangers. Yeah, Those guys were dynamic together. I think Dansby and Ozzy are setting up to be that way. So we'll see. If I had to choose one to extend, or not necessarily extend, rather, if I had one to like put all my hopes on, it'd be Dansby. Yeah. Man, so I might be I might be the only guy who looks at Dansby and says, you know, if we extend Freddie and it costs us a lot of money, we're not bringing we're not we're not going to extend Dansby. That his his popularity, yeah, it's great. Okay, it's great. The, the ladies love him. My daughter is just head over heels in love with the guy. You know, she's 20 and she's just like, "Oh my god, Dansby." But honestly, his production can be replaced. He's he is legitimately a seven or eight hitter that we're plugging into the five hole because he's kind of streaky at the end of games or whatever. But he's legitimately a seven eight hitter, solid defensively. That's like fifteen shortstops in the league yeah. right now, and yeah. you know you really don't have a whole lot of options at third base around the league. So I think we're stuck with with Riley for now. Unfortunately, uh, we'd love to get better. I think I think Alex is going to explore that market this this offseason and you may see you may see some rumors that you don't expect uh, the Braves to be in on um, some third base candidates yeah. but you know I, I kind of worry that if, if we extend Freeman to a, a sizable contract which he deserves he absolutely deserves it that it may yeah. cost the stand and you know it's going to be sad it really is but it's not going to be like when we traded Andrew Simmons you know it's not going to be that impactful with chicken <laughs> I'm still sad about Jason Hayward. Me too. He was hey, it was time, but he was one of my personal favorites. You know, Jason Hayward's the guy that I'm looking at in the soft season that we may try to go after and, and move uh, Ender that way. He'd definitely be cheaper than Azuna, and he's been having a pretty good year the past couple of weeks. Finally showing signs of life. Maybe maybe we can get him get him back home where he belongs. That's yeah. true. I just skipped ahead, you know, kind of tossing around the idea of uh, – long-term third baseman and obviously you know we would love to have Arnado or or somebody like that down the road Chris Brand or something in 2022 Nolan Arnado, Kyle Seager, Todd Frazier, Chris Bryant are all free agents what a market for third baseman that year give me one Nolan Arnado, please I beg right. you right oh man yeah one of those guys is going to get traded next year before then yeah I would I would then, say you'll see Nolan and at least one of those guys is going to get extended with the team he's on. And so you're, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how those guys turn out. Yeah, for sure. And maybe we can get in on that, that trade. <laughs> right. <laughs> we can pry loose Arenado from Colorado. That'd be nice. Uh, I had a note here before we move away from uh, the rotation. Um, 
you know, we'd, we'd been kind of hearing rumors about Fulty starting. Um, at this point, I think if, if Fulty's starting, that means somebody's probably injured. And I think we'll probably see Fulty in like a taxi squad or something like that for the playoffs just as a reserve. But I don't think, I mean, do you guys think that there's a, a chance Fulty gets a start in the next 10 games to just to see if he's back or if he can contribute in a postseason environment? I do. Um, I think he'd definitely be on the taxi taxi squad for the playoff bubble. You have 12 players that are going to be like just as that taxi squad with the team. Um, but it's just going to be to prove his value, I think. We'll yeah. see if it'll work out. I would never pitch him in the playoffs at all. I'd avoid that like the plague. He'd probably be a spot start if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, O'Brien, in his little Q&A on The Athletic today, he was asked about Fulton. He said that just in some conversations he's had, not on-the-record conversations, but just conversations he's had with people that have been uh, familiar with his performance, said that up until his last last appearance down there in the uh, in the alternate site, that he had looked better. He was touching 95. You could see the weight and all that. Uh, but they said in his last uh, appearance, he looked he did not look good. And he, they needed him to look good in that appearance to give him any chance of making a start. Um, and he, he didn't do it. He didn't step up and, and be what they needed him to be. And so that's why we hear uh, Snit talking about Inoa and, and how good he looked in that role. And, you know, he's probably going to get another start. And so he's going to fill that role that we might've seen faulty in had he been good in that last appearance. So I, I'm not, I'm not hopeful for Fulte. I think uh, he's a definite um, DFA candidate at the end of the year, and somebody is going to fix that boy, and we are going to pay the price for it eventually, because he yeah. is going to pitch against us with some serious anger. Yeah, he's going to go back to the Astros and pitch a no hitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So so fast forward to today. So. Josh Donaldson back from his little stint on the DL. Um, Josh Donaldson got in a in a little snafu, um, so they're they're currently playing the uh, the White Sox. Uh, Josh Donaldson gets a bad strike call and uh, gets into it with the ump or whatever. The the their man Twins manager comes out and you know chirps at the umpire and kind of gives Donaldson a chance to kind of simmer down or whatever and uh, you know Donaldson's running his mouth I mean he's he's pretty mouthy um you know he's definitely he's definitely definitely a Bauer type um but uh so everything calms down he sees one pitch I think he takes it or maybe it's a strike I forget but the next one he goes mammo so he trots around the bases but when he gets home he slides his foot across the across the plate and then uh, chirp something to the ump and and he starts kicking dirt on, over home plate <laughs> and, and then turns around and comes back and, and proceeds to continue kicking yeah. uh, dirt on the plate. I'm watching it now. I've watched it like six times in a row. It's so funny. He's uh, There he goes, kicks it, crosses plate, comes back. He goes a good 10 feet away, comes back and just one, two, three, four swipes to the, to the bag again and then starts so, chirping again. That's brilliant. I mean, it was hilarious. That was my initial response was, you know, this dude's a legend. That's, you know, and he's, he's saying what everybody wants to say about umpires this year. I mean, they've, it seems like they've been 
horrible compared to recent years. I mean, they've already they've always been bad here and there, but I mean, it's like across the board. Um, it's but it's then, borderline intentional at this point. Yeah, you know, it's almost it's like crazy. the hell with you guys for making us be out here. We don't want to <laughs> be out here, so we're gonna be out here. We're just gonna be terrible. Yeah, and there's nothing. Man. It reminds me of the replacement rest from the NFL a few years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's been awful. Can we get emergency umpires? <laughs> I'll right? for that. Like they just pick a random guy out of the stand. <laughs> like, like who here is pitch is uh, umpired little league? <laughs> yeah. So uh, my response at first was like my my initial reaction was like you know this dude's a legend. Then I remembered oh wait I think the twins are pretty close you know chasing the White Sox, and they're sitting there you know the twins are two games behind the White Sox. So now, you know, Josh Donaldson, it was 2-2. Josh Donaldson's home run made it 3-2. But then he got thrown out for, you know, throwing dirt on the plate. Like, with with 10 games left and you're in a chase for first place. So what happened was the Twins came back, or the uh, the White Sox came back. Eloy Jimenez got the uh, go-ahead double or whatever. And they ended up losing the game. And uh, that was the... Uh, the White Sox only needed that win. Somebody else had lost. So when they won that game, they clinched their playoff berth. So here's Josh Donaldson sitting in the clubhouse. His teammates are coming in after, you know, watching the White Sox celebrate their playoff win. Like, how dumb do you feel? Like, I, if I'm the front office, I'm like, really, dude? Like, we're, we're trying to win games. It's the end of the season. We don't need these shenanigans. Yeah, but it was fun. Uh, it was funny, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, yeah. one of those things. You know, when we had AJ Pierzynski, you know, those are just the kind of things you live with. And, and those, the attitude that he brought to that moment is the same attitude he brings in the clubhouse that lifts his team up and has made it possible for them to be in that spot at all. So, you know, it's easy to pick one moment out and say, man, you really cost us a game, but how many games did he win from the bench? You know, talking up his teammates and keeping them loose. I love yeah. that guy. And, yeah. you know, I understand it if his if his fan base was a little bit miffed at him. I mean, can you imagine if that was Ronald Acuna and how the oh, Braves God. fans would, would would handle it? Uh, I think they'd be perfectly reasonable, don't you? Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, the unwritten rules would be coming out real quick. <laughs> like that Max, not Max Muncie. The uh, who was the kid for the Padres that hit the ball off Kershaw? Grisham. Grisham. Oh, that was a great uh, moment there, wasn't it? My God, I I bowed down to that dude at that moment. It was brilliant. I, <laughs> I loved it. And then the guy that was managing the go-get-the-ball-out-of-the-ocean uh, players. Dave Roberts. Yeah, Dave Roberts goes and says, I don't mind admiring a homer. Certainly it's a big game, big hit. Really like the player, but I just felt to – I just felt to overstay at home plate against a guy like Clayton, who's got the respect of everyone in the big leagues for what he's done to the game. I just took exception to that. There's a certain respect that you give a guy you homer against him. Max Muncy literally told to go fetch, told Madison Bumgarner to go fetch a ball. That's the greatest postseason pitcher of all time. Like, right? No, come on. There's a hypocrisy. Yeah, I heard he's pretty good. I heard Madison Bumgarner's pretty good. It's just. Dumb. Here we go again. It wasn't overblown this time like the Texas Rangers thing was, but at the same time, it was just like, we don't need to be talking about this. This dude pimped a home run 
off Clayton Kershaw, the pet, the yeah. best pitcher of our generation. Why, I would just why was it an overblown? Why would why do we go overboard with Texas Rangers, but we don't go overboard when it's the Dodgers, right? I mean, well, I, I guess we yeah. we're protecting the Dodgers and and the. <laughs> And, and the uh, the pedigree of Los Angeles and all that stuff. So we're not going to make a big deal out of it because it was the Dodgers. But, yeah, fuck those Rangers, man. They're nobody. <laughs> man, what the hell are they thinking? <laughs> uh, they were making a fool out of Tatis, and he's he's our golden child. We can't have that, you know? I don't know. It's, it's, almost, it's almost laughable the way they just pick and choose what they want to be upset about. That's funny. That's dumb. Trying to find the uh, Matt on Twitter from this week. Do you guys remember who it was? I thought I sent it to you guys. Well, I didn't see it, but we got plenty to choose from. <laughs> there were a lot of mad on Twitter people today, or this past week. There were. You lose to Baltimore, and you, you have a game where you had 22 men on base and lose a game in extra innings. That generates a lot of a lot of angry people. Oh, and then you got Acuna there with a what one for twenty one with you know eighteen strikeouts or whatever the hell it is. It's you know, there's a bunch of people. There's that one guy that wants to trade him because he's overrated. Oh, here we go. Well, guys, we're gonna wrap up the week, but uh, you know I definitely didn't want to uh, miss an opportunity to uh, showcase this week's Matt on Twitter. Um, this is from. At Bone Olson 007, Dylan Olson. So uh, this was on, on the 11th, but he says, At Braves, another effing pitcher who can't put away a hitter with a two-strike count. How does that keep effing happening? Effing Kranitz, that's how. He's effing awful. And the offense, 6 for 22 with runners in scoring position. Plenty of chances to score, but... Typical sights or offense can't seem to do an effing thing once the bases get loaded or with when they get in scoring position. Been this way for a few seasons. F him too. But F Snit- Snicker the most. He's the idiot putting in the pitchers that can't stop them. Oh my gosh. He just goes on and on and on. Uh, he calls Snit a dumb effer manager of the year. I mean, just went off after we lost, uh, I think it was to the Marlins. What was the 11th? I don't even remember. But it was probably that game where we, we left like 22, 24 people on base or whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy, man. He was he was going off like a whole thread. He was like an FAAA or FAA for not getting starting pitching. If the prospects aren't good enough to pitch now, then trade them off. I mean, there's probably some some, you know, sense in that, but this dude's just yeah, and I've, no, I've he's, seen he definitely had, had enough, enough of whatever it was he was drinking. Yeah, he's... oh, work Twitter fingers are my favorite, man. They really are. The that kind of that kind of outrage you get over a professional baseball. I love it. I love baseball. I love the Braves. Don't get me wrong, but to go on Twitter and just consistently curse out every single person involved in the team and just be that frustrated, it's just like, dude, get over yourself. Go, I don't know, go do something else. Find another hobby <laughs> if you're going to be this mad. Last night you well, go. Let me ask you this, guys, because y'all are both y'all are both better trolls than I, I could ever hope to be. I'm trying to up my game up to catch up a little bit with you, but I, I'm not quite <laughs> great yet. So who is your favorite type of person to troll? The person who just gets 
irrationally outraged over any kind of negative thing that happens with the Braves or the person who can't see any negative thing about the Braves and is only ever sunshine and rainbows about everything with the Braves and never has a bad thing to say and oh, then criticizes anyone who does have a bad thing to say. Which is your former to poke? It's always the former. The people that are just vehemently upset about something that goes wrong one time in a game and they just hold on to it. My favorite like specifics is are the people that think Acuna doesn't run out, like has no effort in his game, or that the Braves haven't had a long-standing history of really good pitching development or anything like that. It's just or it's great. Or the people that are just in love with Ender and Ciarte because they don't see that Ender and Ciarte is a worse version of Charlie Culberson. It's <laughs> Oh my God, it's the best. I have a tweet in my head that I'm going to put out here soon. I was walking out of work yesterday and I thought of it. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to piss so many people off about Ender and Ciarte. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. Uh, Ender and Ciarte, friend of the show, right? Oh, yeah. What about you, Corey? What's your favorite? Uh, I definitely like trolling the guys who get upset over literally every loss. Like, learn learn to handle a loss like my my most vivid memory of people losing their crap on twitter was last year when we got swept by the royals like they literally (laughs) thought the season was over and that we were gonna just absolutely tank uh you know and then we we got hot (laughs) but you know it's just one of those things like it's unfortunate especially to lose to like the red Sox or and then have an off day like that's the most insufferable time to be on Twitter is after you lose to an American league team or God forbid we get swept and then have an off day. Like it's just, it's the worst. Uh, see, I, th- I think maybe I'm just doing it wrong. I swear at least 40% of my followers and granted, I don't have nearly the many that you guys have, but at least 40% of them are the people that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. That somehow somewhere along the line, I have, I have made alliances with these people because I love to pick, on the people who are like, why are you saying such bad things about Luke Jackson? He's one of our Braves players. You got to support a guy like that. You got to, <laughs> they read this stuff. This helps them. If we talk nice about them, they do good. I mean, those, those people just wear me out. Yeah. Those I mean, guys, and then you've got kind of like, it's awesome. it's, it's, it's I can't do you've that. got the you've got the elite level trollers like you know Josh Brown who will literally take a stat that someone's good at like a Nick Marcakis and tout hits and then uh, you know he'll he'll say like he has he literally has more hits than Ichiro or you know whoever like yeah like I think it was last year or the year before where Luke Jackson had more wins than. Uh, than Clayton Kershaw or something like that. And he's like, Luke Jackson's a better pitcher than Clayton Kershaw. Just look how many wins he's got. Oh my God. I live for that, dude. People like get so pissed at him. Like that's some of my favorite content or uh, Braves cold takes. Like those are my favorite troll accounts. I, oh, yeah. I aspire to be that level of petty. Me too. Me too. <laughs> my, uh, something I've realized is there, there are these, like it's a younger generation of Braves fans that are super into statistics and stuff, and they get so mad. They get just absolutely pissed, and it's like quick trigger finger to the block button, but it's like one or two tweets of just pure joy, just telling them that wins do matter and that whip isn't a real stat 
something <laughs> like that. Just what it, I had one, <laughs> I had one of what does OPS mean? And the guy just was like, what do you even follow baseball and stuff like that? It was great. I love oh, it. Man. Today. So this, this happened today. Uh, you know, they, they posted the picture of uh, Travis Darno, you know, grimacing and uh, I screenshot it and I said this is my face when uh when I see flowers in the in the lineup and uh the responses to that are just so crazy I, I was on a thread with, with uh, oh my gosh dude. did you see the guy I was arguing with with Braves cold takes I was like do you even watch baseball uh Tyler, Tyler Flowers has I go Tyler Flowers has like 36,000 DVRs <laughs> He's like, what are you, what's, what's DVR? What is that? <laughs> no, he was like, in a later argument, he tweeted, like, who really cares about sabermetrics or advanced analytics? Like, who who cares how many DVRs or WRCs somebody has? Like, I should have said, yeah, but he's like, he's like second in VCRs. <laughs> His DVD numbers are through the roof. Right? <laughs> oh, man. It's... It's so much fun talking on Twitter to these guys. It is. Oh man, I guess we better bring the ship into into port or land the plane before Trace fires all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Before we give away all of our trolling secrets, we can't. We got to keep some stuff for ourselves, I guess. Yeah. Let's see. Before we hop off here, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. All right, guys. Well, that does it for another episode of Hitting Dingers, the uh, most popular Braves podcast on the entire planet. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't agree, then ask my grandma. Um, so awesome outlook for the rest of the season. I think you know, going into the Mets and the Marlins and the Red Sox. I mean, those are definitely winnable series. I expect us to clinch probably Wednesday or Thursday of next week. Um, so I'm, you know, looking for a, another good postseason <laughs> for the Braves. Um, uh, I'm definitely that Michael Scott meme. No doubt about it. I am ready to get hurt again. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we appreciate you guys listening. I'm Corey. Um, and as always, you can follow me at Chop on Corey and Neil Shalat on Twitter at Chat 10 Braves for uh for andy uh thanks for listening today and uh hey go check us out on our website at chat 10 sports we've got some watch parties coming up i'm sure we will uh we'll have some announcements coming soon about ways that you can uh, get plugged in and uh, especially if you're in the chattanooga area we've got a great group of fans that get together for braves games and stuff down there so be sure to uh, follow us check out the website check out uh, twitter and instagram and uh, be sure to stay connected to us for all the events coming up with chat 10 braves so uh, we appreciate you guys listening and until next time signing off